Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What can you do, Jesus? Let's go! Somebody said, name. 
Okotok Radio. My name is Roger here in uh, Okotok. Um, it is good that you have uh, joined in uh, as we continue our discussion. Uh, today we, we, we've got uh, a wonderful uh, lineup uh, which we are going to, to follow. Rora uh, Miti Nathan is going to join us from uh, Zambia. We are going to be talking uh, like that question I, I, I brought uh, about uh, the, the, the poor. Uh, we want to mm. see the effects uh, this thing is having, is going to have uh, to the poor. Here in the Western world, uh, the governments are stepping up. They are giving us uh, all these social benefits. Uh, we don't have such. Uh, so where do we go? What do we do? What, what do, we do? So th- uh, those are some of the questions uh, we are going to be uh, looking at. Uh, I've seen in some West African countries, Nathan, they are distributing soap. Um, mm. Distributing even some water, uh, so uh, I hope that's good. Put yes, yes, some water. You know, I was uh, talking to a Nigerian friend, a Nigerian friend. Remember that research I told you I was doing about the markets across Africa. They have a market, Roger, in Lagos called Alaba International Market. I'm told it's shut down. Uh, that, that is the other question I think we are going to be dealing with. Uh, these markets, Nathan, what they make on that particular day makes a meal mm. for the family. And I think you asked that exactly. question. Exactly. Uh, we are mm. dealing with uh, that question. So how, uh, number one, the government uh, should step up to communities. Three, we, the, we are pivotal to everything. Uh, remember oh, yeah. how can we how can we step up uh, in Zambia Akabunga which everyone depends on is uh, 150 that is about uh, 15 dollars is it 10 dollars um, is that something people can start to think about if we, if we were not thinking about it maybe let's start thinking about that so uh, on the bottom of the hour Ramit is going to uh, join us uh, but I was supposed to be here uh, to discuss uh, uh, our leaders, uh, let me say hello to some people here. Uh, Kelvin, good morning. Good morning, Roger. Good morning, Pastor uh, Kama. How's everybody doing? We everybody are fine. Is, uh, is, is well. Yeah, yeah. In, in Indiana, uh, what is the situation there? Um, in terms of uh, the the effects of coronavirus, there is only one story now under the sun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the situation I can say is not as bad as uh, New York. If you're following the the numbers uh, being okay. updated, um, I, I've been working from. Are you on lockdown, Kelvin? Is there a lockdown in Indiana? No, 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 no formal okay. lockdown. But, uh, people have been advised uh, to to work from home. Those that can, um, mm. those that uh, are not able to, uh, will be receiving uh, unemployment uh, benefits, enhanced unemployment benefits. Um, stores are operating uh, at uh, minimum capacity. Walmart, for instance, my Walmart uh, in my area which is a 24-hour Walmart, is operating mm. at eight hours. Yes, eight hours. Um, 
I mean, there are cases here and there, but I, I think Indiana is doing uh, pretty well in terms of uh, mm. managing uh, uh, infection and, uh, and death rates. Okay. Uh, Bella, good morning. Uh, what what surprised me is uh, why um, a place like uh, Louisiana, why are they in so much trouble? Uh, Louisiana. Is there any reason anyone knows here? Say that again, Roger. Uh, uh, the, the state of Louisiana. Why are they in so much trouble as far as uh, this is concerned? New York, uh, New York, California, we understand. These are the receiving bears, if we can call them uh, like that. When they were rescuing people, all the planes, they come to, uh, to these destinations. Uh, but I was wondering why Louisiana has, uh, is in so much trouble as well. Louisiana is a, is a, is a tourist spot. You mm. see that? And, uh, yeah, it's a tourist spot, and uh, people, people are being uh, very irresponsible. Uh, you have to understand, Roger, that each state has, a, has a, its own way of doing things. There are states mm-hmm. where a complete lockdown is not allowed by law. You see that? So uh, Louisiana is one of them. And being a tourist spot, uh, people are still out there being uh, very irresponsible, uh, not uh, adhering to, to you know, uh, uh, leadership advice to, to stay home, to avoid public gatherings. Uh, I don't know if uh, I'm going to switch to Florida. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, when the uh, college kids uh, were on spring break, the last mm. day of uh, spring break, they went to, to the beach, besieged the beach in large numbers, drinking, mixing, and this and that, obviously not adhering to the directive of social distancing. You see that? So these, these are the problems that each individual state is, is facing. It's all about uh, irresponsibility from so many people. Okay. Ms. Cortuda, you have something to say about this? Hey, I was just going to say, uh, Louisiana recently had the Mardi Gras, so you know what happened. So it was kind of very crowded. Everybody was into each other's space, like in February. So I think that contributes to why the situation is that bad. Okay. Uh, okay. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, I, I, I couldn't just uh, say, hey, Louisiana, come on. Uh, you are just some, uh, some small city uh, somewhere. Uh, what's happening? Yeah, Bella, did you say hello to me? Yes, Mr. Rogers. Good morning. How are you up there in Canada? In Canada, we are okay. Um, okay, the numbers are going up, but uh, like we said about California and New York, we are not a receiving a receiving bay as it were. Uh, we are we are a small province. Uh, everyone is scattered here and there. The numbers are going up. We are now at 500. Uh, for a province of mm. about 4 million, uh, 4 million people, I don't know if that's uh, a too much uh, big number, but uh, we are going up. Uh, some of us are still going to, are going to work. Uh, a lot of places have shut down. Uh, of course, I know my barber shop, my, my barber guy told me he, he can't uh, open it. Uh, the city have told them to, to shut them down. Uh, so there is it is the economic thing. This thing uh, is going to hit on people. It, it's going to be um, tough. It's going to be tough. Dr. Patrick. 
our big brother. What? Mwakalele, my Ndume and my Ntase. We miss your voice, big brother. We miss, we, we miss, we, we miss your voice. We miss your voice. Like, how you doing? How are you doing? Oh, we are okay. <laughs> Otherwise. Otherwise. Uh, yeah. right. You know. Well, I, I, tell, I, I tell my wife. Yeah, go, go ahead, Dr. Patrick. I, w- I was going to... Um, Throw in an answer to your question about New Orleans, but my sister yeah. um, said it first, which is recently there was a Mardi Gras there, and people from all over the country and all over the world went to New Orleans to enjoy Mardi Gras, not appreciating the the virus that was spreading. So that's one of the reasons why it's a hot spot. If you were to look at oh. the, if you were to look at the the U.S. map, you'll see huge red circles and yes, highly yes. populated areas, and and that's usually the case when there's a lot of people uh, mingling together and not having heard about distancing uh, early on. That's why you have a, a large circle of redness. Uh, but um, hopefully the distancing and the um, the virus will ameliorate uh, very soon, hopefully. Okay. Um, Dr. Casanso was, uh, was he supposed to start? Yeah, he was supposed to start. He's not here. Uh, so in his place, um, so is here to answer a question. Uh, uh, the world without China, that is... Uh, uh, part of this problem, uh, especially for Africa, uh, we depend a lot uh, on China, uh, both uh, in our um, uh, imports, uh, they export just about our copper, everything, and uh, our, uh, our imports, our desired imports, our exports go to China. Our, our imports, they are the ones who are buying our, our goods, and now that has been closed. Nothing is happening. And we have said on this radio, Nathan, uh, does it really make sense for the entire world to go through this and uh, still come up the same way we've been? Or we, we can only rely on China. And Musawa thinks uh, for, for now it's going to be um, uh, that way. Uh, wh- where is he? I saw him here. Yeah, he called in, I think. Yeah. Okay. So we, maybe, we maybe I've changed. Maybe I've changed phones. Yeah, yeah. Four one zero four one zero seven five zero two. Good morning. Okay. Now. So anyway, we are expecting to have a very um, uh, good discussion. Um, my point I wanted to bring was uh, uh, COVID-19 uh, knows no border. Uh, Dr. Patrick, I was thinking, Kelvin, uh, Namunji, uh, Brother Noel here, let me not go into welcoming because I have no time today. On top of the hour, I'll be handing over to uh, Yareka and the team, uh, the medical doctors who are going to, 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 to join us. My thoughts, Dr. Patrick, on this uh, went direct straight to 
uh, what is uh, happening in the world today, especially in Europe and uh, here in North America, uh, especially the Trump administration. We are going to build a wall, and we are going to stop all immigrants coming to come and disturb our way of life. The question, Dr. Patrick, is what has COVID-19 um, telling these people uh, or who can build a wall, a, a physical barrier to prevent problems? What is COVID-19 telling us? It's telling us you can't build a wall against the virus or a disease that spreads from epidemic to pandemic um, proportions. It tells us we have to develop a mindset that <laughs> will keep out keep out the viruses for the doctor people. And that's that's what it's telling us here. We have to use a paradigm to protect our borders, yes, but to protect our borders in a sensical way and not a nonsensical way. It gives us a lot of lessons, and yes. hopefully, hopefully yes. the populace will learn yes. from it. Because when I was thinking about this, Nathan, when I was thinking, here is a Mexican we are trying to throw away from the United States of America. He just wants to come and pick up some oranges so he can provide some food for his children. We've called him all sorts of names. We've done everything, like Dr. Patrick is saying. This is yeah, teaching us a lot of lessons. Here comes a, an invisible enemy killing people. Not like a Mexican mm. who is just coming here for, for, for some to pick up something to eat. Here is an invisible enemy killing people. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, uh, my thinking is that probably humanity, it's time for us to start thinking uh, the importance of humanity. How humanity, no matter where you think they are, they are African, they are this, humanity should be treasured, in, in my view, should be respected. The trumps of this world. That is the message. Anyway, go ahead. I can start preaching. <laughs> you, know, you, you know, I met somebody who was saying that uh, they believe that the reason we are in the situation we are in is, like you are saying, importance of humanity. This lady said to me, you, you know, the way we treat each other, God put a very high price and premium on humanity. And here we are, we come and we say, this person is nothing. Okay? Exactly. People, people listening to this show, whether you've called in or you are listening online, whether you believe in religion or not, whatever it is, look, the bottom line is that God took time to create you and me. Okay? You can't, I can't, you can't mistreat another person. Everyone has got value in this world. We can't just go on living the way we've been living and just... Uh, there's a lot to talk about on this, Roger. A lot to talk about. <laughs> Roger. Just, yes, just yes, to yes, Kelvin, then Musala is, is back. He dropped like that. Okay. Go yeah, ahead, just, 
just to piggyback on what Nathan said, right? Uh, can you imagine a situation where the war is built and uh, uh, one million, uh, you know, South Americans cannot come into the U.S. and this is a, a one million. Let's just say 90% of that is willing to work in the fields, in the farms, you know, mm -hmm. pick tomatoes, uh, onions, cherries, uh, you know, grapes, you name it, right? And then uh, coronavirus wipes out uh, one million Americans. What is that going to do to the American economy? You see that? And, and, and I agree with Nathan. Every person has value. And, yes. and this is what we as human beings need to start thinking of. We, yes. we, we need to have the capacity yes. and capability to analyze yes. rhetoric by politicians. Mm. A politician mm -hmm. has a, an agenda to keep being yes. elected into office. You see that? So they are going yes. to drive an agenda that uh, makes it seem like uh, immigrants are the problem in this country. No. Uh, who, who has brought uh, this virus into this country? It's the rich people that have been traveling, right? A farm yes. worker did not bring this into the U.S. Let's be serious. <laughs> no. Let's be honest. You see that? It's the rich people that have traveled, that mix with other people, other rich people, and they travel back to the U.S. <laughs> well, yes, Kelvin, do I don't know if we should even blame any group here. This one is everybody. Anyway, go ahead. It's become everybody's problem because somebody brought it back here. And it's those that have traveled uh, where all this thing uh, started. It's just a fact. You know, but yes. the point I'm trying to make is every human being is important. Every human yes. being has value. Yes. You see that? Uh, yes. New York right yes. now is, is overwhelmed, right, by, by the number of cases. It's overwhelmed. It cannot provide enough health workers to deal with those that are infected, those that are dying, and things like that. Do you know what they're asking for? Anybody with training in healthcare, come on board. So, if I was an illegal immigrant, but I have uh, health uh, skills, are they going to bring me on board because of the virus? When the situation normalizes, are they going to value me as a positive contributor? Those are the questions that we need, uh, we need to ask yeah. ourselves. Yeah, and which that, makes that's it, why, which makes, yeah, that's yeah, why we are saying this, it, this question is this thing is deep, you know. Yes, yeah, you know. Every person has value, uh, and in the, in that question, uh, uh, Kelvin, it's it, it is touching who? It is touching prime ministers. It's touching prince. It's touching mm -hmm. presidents. It's touching the poor, the rich. That's what uh, coronavirus is telling us. Musa, yeah. welcome. Uh, uh, and, and Pastor Nathan, yes, Roger. Go Hello, ahead, Musawa. Good morning, Musawa. Good morning, uh, you, 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 are, you are late, my brother. You were supposed to come and make a, a small presentation here. Uh, jump in. I don't know where you want to come in here. No, I came in. My point had uh, died. Anyway, you see, the, <laughs> I think Nathan, Nathan, usually Nathan is the voice of reason. But today I'm coming after you, Nathan. <laughs> um, you see, when you say every life, every person has value, that's true. Everyone agrees with that. 
Um, I think we shouldn't be creating things that are not there. When you talk of immigration, right, every country allows immigration, even in the U.S. When they talked about building the wall, right, the wall was not meant to stop uh, Mexican immigrants from getting into the U.S. It was meant to stop an influx of illegal immigrants. Now, illegal immigrants, just like other people who come from different countries, can fly in, right? They can fly in. They can come by boat. So really, to to start saying that, uh, oh, you don't value other people because you are building a wall, that's, that's really... Uh, uh, it's not really a fair assessment of, of the situation, right? Now, then when we talk of coronavirus, we can't just blame the rich people. You see what I mean? Um, when you look at the U.S., Europe, and particularly countries like Italy and the U.K., all these countries that are having big numbers, these are countries that actually went evacu and evacuated people from from China. You see what I mean? They they evacuated them and brought them in. They quarantined them for 14 days, and then they released them. You see, that is why the U.S. and because the U.S. has the capacity to bring in more people. Every time there's a situation like that, the U.S. goes and brings in more people. That may have caused the bigger problem. Situations <sighs> like we have seen in Africa, there are people who are just traveling. It's not. We are lucky because we didn't send a plane there to bring in people. That's why Zambia is a little bit lucky at the moment. Otherwise, the, the numbers would grow too. So we can't just pin these things on the rich or the poor, and or, or I mean just the rich. You know, it's it's a it's an it's a global problem. It's something we have to deal with without pointing fingers at people. And I'm not rich. I'm just being <laughs> logical. <rabbit. laughs> <laughs> but Kasonso, but Kasonso, you also came in and dropped. Um, your, your question, I think you were supposed to look at, is um, a word of advice to the, our African leaders who have refused to invest in our local health care. They would rather go to India, uh, go to Europe, go to South Africa. And now uh, COVID-19 is telling them you can't, know, you can't go nowhere. What say you to them? Yeah, um, of course it's um, it's you know it's um, it's a stalemate for 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 them uh, in the sense that uh, now they have to make uh, use of their personal medical doctors that they have from the same institutions that they have underfunded over the years. Yeah, but we have to blow it a little bit bigger. Um, okay. The African leaders, the African leaders, have been using the global economy as an as a scapegoat instead of um, um, localizing improvement to the conditions of life within their countries. They take uh, a shortcut by relying on products or services. From other countries, you know, um, the old uh, cliche that we learned in school is actually 
coming back uh, to haunt our leaders in a very big way uh, through the health front. Uh, but it's beyond the health front. The aspect of improving the conditions within the borders, increasing the resources for the people, which in turn increases the opportunities, rather than co-opting services from the global economy and over-reliance on importation of, of uh, products and services, uh, is, um, is, is now um, a big problem for not just Zambia, but the rest of Africa. Yes. Of course, yes. there are things we have to learn from the global economy. Uh, there are competences which we do not have. But that wholesale purchase of uh, foreign direct over 100% reliance on foreign direct investment, uh, over-reliance on products built from other countries. Now those other countries cannot send their products. Mm -hmm. Because even if they send their products, what if they have coronavirus in them? So I think that we are going to see a very different economy, even from the perspective of African countries, because now efforts must be made to yes. rely on ourselves, build our things, take care of our mm -hmm. hospitals, improve the conditions for our people. And, and, you know, this is a perfect opportunity. So they didn't want to do it voluntarily as part of yes. their job. But now uh, something um, is going to force their hand to do that. So Yes, yes. I, I mean, to, to add on to that, um, the mismanagement of resources by uh, mo mostly African African leaders, the mismanagement of resources. Uh, example from our own from our own 100 million uh, plane, uh, 48 houses we cannot account for. Those things are not coming to help them today. Think, think about the ambulances that were bought one million each. The country that couldn't have that money being used to help improve the infrastructure and conditions. Exactly. Rather than just contracting and and and, um, and and getting um, kickbacks. Brother Alan. My guest is uh, with me here, uh, Laura Mitty. Welcome. We'll be, we'll be starting our uh, discussion, which is going to be our last question there. The plight of the poor uh, without social safety net, uh, what are our people going to do? Um, we've learned here in North America, uh, soap now and washing our hands is the number one. And yet our people, some of the places, water is not that easy to be found. There is no soap to wash. What do we do? Laura Mitty is here to talk to me. Brother um, Charlie, Brother Charlie here, Brother Charlie. Uh, those, I think I'll be calling people who have indicated they want to say something. Brother Charlie, good morning. Good morning, good morning, Roger, and good morning, everybody. Yes, your thought. Yeah. Well, first I want to thank uh, my brother, Sasson, so that he has finally agreed with me, because one time I remember a few weeks ago I brought up the issue of uh, being self-dependent. He, he strongly put up the point that we are a global economy and all that, which I understood. But it's just maybe I wasn't able to articulate myself as eloquently as him. So he may have misunderstood where I was going. But he's absolutely right. We, when we have no option but to figure it out for ourselves, human beings are resilient wherever they are. Now, some may do it in a more developed or or better way, others may be a more archaic way, but at the end of the day, 
human beings are resilient, will be able to figure it out. Some, some will do it quicker, there will be fewer casualties than others. But in the long run, I have full confidence in the resilience of human beings. Other calamities that have happened in the years past, um, humanity has had to figure things out. Um, the, 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 the trouble that we have right now is um, the lifestyles that we have developed and built up. You see, back in the, if we go back even 30, 40, 40 years ago, it wouldn't be a, such a big a problem for Lusaka, for instance. Now, when mm-hmm. everyone in the nation has congregated in Lusaka, and everybody in Lusaka has to buy their tomato from Soweto market, when they could have been sold in Kelston and all these other places, that congestion is because of the way life has now. It's forcing us to rethink these things. What we need now is leaders who are going to be able to sit and say, listen, this is what we are facing. How do we ensure that uh, in future these situations come, we are better set or better prepared, or our lifestyles? Because this is what we're talking about in America, that our lives will never go back to normal. We are doing things that we took for, we took for granted. You know, the washing of hands. We've heard it every time through time. We never pay as much attention. I find myself thinking about every area of where I'm walking. Should I touch it or should I not touch it? You want to go into the bank, should I touch the door or not? You know, those things that, that you know. Uh, but, and it's going to create innovation where people are going to figure it out. It's not good for people to touch the doors. How about we automate every single door? Things like that. Even in the African setup, there's going to be things that, we have to uh, figure out for ourselves. And the only way is to forget about who is going to come and help us and think for ourselves and say, what can we do for ourselves with what we have? Because if the cry is always, we don't have, we don't have, we don't have, we're never going to move. We've got to get to a place. Like, for instance, I saw a guy in Zambia. They had built a, 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 a washing hand station where it's got a pedal that you step on, the water comes out, you wash your hands. Yeah, so we may not have sensors like they have in America, we, but we can do that. That works for us. It's material that we have on the ground. You know, we didn't have to wait for a donor agency to come and give us that. So we, we're, we're going to figure it out. I'm very, very hopeful, you know. And for one thing, uh, I would like to be as optimistic as uh, President Trump, that uh, even as much as it sounds like we should think it probably is, but that we open at Easter. That would be great if it could be over at Easter. I don't, science does not support it. But it would be it would be fantastic. Alan, you know that Easter thing is trying to play to the evangelicals, you know. <laughs> I know. I know, but, but what I'm saying is that if it happened, wouldn't it be wonderful? Mm. Yeah. Yes, so, uh, that's why I say science does not support it. That's why I say yeah, science that, does not support it. it. Yeah, it would be so wonderful. Just one quick co- one quick comment, Roger. The the in courts and courts before Musava shoots another grenade at me. In courts and courts, the best part about this is that it has grounded the garavanting African leaders. <laughs> well, that's what we, we are talking about when we, when we said, uh, now he has a flu, he can't go to South Africa, he can't go nowhere. That, that's, that's the point we are trying to make. Someone else yeah. uh, wanted to, to throw in uh, uh, my call with Rola dropped, so I need to uh, call again. Go ahead, Nathan. I'll try and call Rola. Yeah, the, 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 Musaba, the governments are making savings on international travel on this without realizing it. Well, that's just the way I'm looking at it. <laughs> uh, 
some things may look negative, but I think they bring a, an, an unforeseen positive to the picture or to the scenario. I don't know what you think. That's just the way I'm looking at it. Nobody can go anywhere. I, I agree. If, if you look at it from the side of savings, right, uh-huh. Uh, Roger, Roger should know this. He may have seen this. Air Canada is a public institution. Yes. Right? It's not a privately owned company. It's a state-owned. It's what they call a crown corporation. And that crown corporation owns another airline called uh, uh-huh. WestJet. Right? Air Canada laid off 5,000 people. Because of and this? then the company it owns laid off fifty percent of its its um its workers. Right? So we have to start thinking very quickly in how we yes. are going to to solve this problem. Because like animal farm, like no share more I don't know how you can translate this for non English member speakers, right? There are some people people like me where I work it's very easy to tell, right? Mm-hmm. My work requires that all other people are working. It's in, it's in the best interest for my company that every company employs as many people as possible. So when I hear that another company is laying off people, it's not really good for our business. Mm-hmm. See? So it's it's something that when... I hear people trying to make everything political, trying to prove that, oh, look, it's just a political Uh situation. No. They have to have a way. First, jobs have to be saved. If we can't save jobs, they have to find, I mean, if if people can't go out, we have to find the way of people working. There are people, not even just like people going to work, there are people who are called independent contractors here, and there is a lot of people. They have to go outside to work, you see? Mm. And when you look at government giving out money, these are one-time payments. Even if governments were giving out $2,000 every month to people, it's still not enough. You see what I mean? So that's Mm. why instead of just pointing fingers, oh, he did this, he did that, he said this, and we are making fun of everything, trying to be right, we have to be looking for solutions that all of us can be safe. Long-lasting long solutions. Yes. Long-lasting solutions. Say, for instance, our, our governments, African governments with what has come, um, how, do we work, how do we work together with, with them, with our, with our confused politics, to make them realize <clears throat> Uh, this thing is a wake-up call, Musa. Uh, I was going to answer that question. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Okay, and let me just jump in. in for me, uh-huh. it's not just the government. It's also the people, right? Not just the government, but I'll make it sure so that the other person can jump in. Let me just say that uh, I want to be like you when I grow up. You took the words right out of my mouth. Guys, the situation we are faced with is not just about government. 
when you look at the, the U.S.'s response, every company is being asked to come on board and get solutions and change things up so that we can avert a major, 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 major crisis, right? The biggest problem we have in Africa is everything is political. I've said this. If we have uh, uh, 200,000 cockroaches die... In so your, your phone was okay, not... and now why, why are you sounding like you are very fast? Can you hear me? Yes, now we can mm-hmm. hear you. Okay. I was saying, I want to be like Musawa when I grow up, because Musawa just took the words right out of my mouth. It's not okay. always about government. Here in the U.S., everyone, every company has stepped up, right? They're helping us. Yeah. They're asking, where but can we have... help? What can we do? You know, things okay. like that. We've, we've lost the a bit of is... time. Uh, we'll continue. We've lost a bit of time. Um, uh, Roamit has joined us. Uh, from, uh, from, I knew you would um, catch me um, yeah. I knew. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's good afternoon there. Good evening. Good afternoon, Good, good afternoon. Rora. Good afternoon. How's everyone? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure if it is your room, which has a background TV or something. We are able to hear it. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, now we can hear you. So, okay. talk to us, uh, Miti. Welcome to Zambia Block Talk Radio. Um, what is uh, happening? How is uh, the social distancing uh, uh, going on in Zambia? Um, I don't know how much of it is going on. I think uh, those who are informed or those who are scared are trying to practice it. But I think overall, um, we probably could do better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, today's discussion, as I invited you, uh, we we have broken it down in uh, three pieces before I allow other people to uh, jump in and say hello to you. Uh, we are going to look at the poor when we talk about the poor in uh, in, in in Zambia, um, and probably at the end we want to see uh, you guys. I uh, hear there's some stuff you are doing on the ground. We don't know. Maybe a team, our our own radio, can be uh, part part of it. Um, Tell us, Aromit, uh, uh, when we talk about the poor in Karingaringa, in Misisi, uh, what kind of people are we talking about here? Um, well, if we're talking about the poor, I think the kind of poverty you find in urban Zambia, which is uh, whether you're talking about Misisi or you're talking Kwamulenga in Chitwe or any other part of the country, is people who are so deprived that they spend a large part of their energy, maybe 90% of their daily energy, looking for food. So um, I always say that the problem with Zambian poverty is that it is it is food determined. There are countries that are as poor as us, or maybe poorer than us, but where people can eat. With us, even the world to do, spend a much more uh, of a percentage of their money on just assuring food, and so yeah. in our in our urban areas and in our uh, among our poor people can hardly eat, and what they can eat is such that they have to, on every single day they have to make sure that they find it. Then when you go a little bit beyond that, 
everything else is, 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 is very difficult. Water is difficult. Taking children to school is difficult. Everything is difficult. But I think if you're, if you're talking about the COVID um, crisis, what we have to take into account is just that question of, of feeding yourself. People cannot eat on a good day. So on a good day, they battle to ensure that they have one meal, two meals. If we are to put into, um, to implement the kind of uh, measures that are required to prevent the spread of COVID, we, our people would starve. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that, that is scary, but it is inevitable. We, 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 we have to do, we have to do that. Uh, what is the middle ground? I don't know if there is any middle ground or, or whatever. I don't know. I've, I've thought a lot about it. Um, I don't know. Maybe what we could say is that we lock down areas, you know, like lockdown in Tendere, lockdown in Chivolia, lockdown in Sisi. Because you know that people crossing from one township to another, uh, oh. and within that township, leave an, an amount of the local economy taking place. Of course, it would close down because mostly most of the people in these areas leave to go either to work or to sell outside their areas. But I think the very fact that in most of our townships, people are living in a one by two. So the two by two square room, really small oh, one area. By one. Uh, one by one, there, there are two yeah. there. one by one. <laughs> I don't know about one by one, but I think maybe two by two kind of uh, room. You know, there'll be three, four, five people. So uh, our lifestyle uh, is such that people do not sit around in our. Village. I suppose that is our actual our cultural lifestyle. Even if you talk about poverty, even in our villages. Houses were for going into sleep. People didn't just sit in the houses. You sat outside oh. under the tree, whatever, and then at night you went to sleep. But now in the in the in the urban poverty determines that there is great indignity in the way people live. So parents, uh, teenage children, um, small children, including visiting relatives, it is this small place. Space. So you can't tell them to lock, and it, it would be like putting them in prison. So they have to be able to get out of their houses in a, in a way that those who live maybe in, in, in suburban areas, in the, in, in the, in the lower density areas, you, you can stay in your house for a week because you have all these rooms and this space. So just, it's just a practicality of this, of this issue. Uh, toilets are outside. Toilets we have not built toilets for the poor. We, we, we just neglected the poor. And the way I look at it is that um, nobody could have foreseen corona. Well, I suppose the medical people began to speak about corona, but not about corona, but about a possible the flu pandemic or a world pandemic, and sometimes made it into science fiction movies. But this is our problem is not a failure to respond to corona. Our problem is a failure to respond to the very basic needs of the majority people. So what Corona is doing is just opening and showing our failures and our weaknesses as a country that are really unforgivable. So there is no reason why you have people who have no water whatsoever. You know, like they have to walk hours to find the water or uh, search for it. 
So to respond to COVID, you've got to wash your hands. That's, that's what I've yeah. been told. It, and in the mm. West, it seems very simple. But, but here, people spend three, four hours of their daily life looking for water. They find that water. They probably come home with, is it 20 liters, 40 liters for 50 people in that area. Let's say in, a, in an area, local, okay, not 50 people, but let's say, let's say a yard that's 50 people, okay? So each, in, in 50 people will be five, six households in this yard, da, 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 okay? So in each household, let's say there are five or six. They've come home with 20 liters. Who's going to allow someone to wash their hands every time they go to the bathroom? It's, this is not about hygiene. It is about the, the, the cost of water, the labor required to find the water, which is every year we have cholera, and we tell people to wash hands. But for years and years, we have not asked ourselves, wash their hands with what? With spit? With what? With sun? With sand? You know, so Zambia is run for the rich. Zambia is our policies, our measures. You know, when you hear the ministers talk, when you hear the president talk, when you hear the councillors talk, they, they speak for a very small group of people. So if, even our message, it will be uh, wash your hands, buy sanitizer, this kind of thing. It, the rest of the country will look at you and say, oh, yeah, you see, how will this happen? So what Corona is doing to us now is the fact that our people can't eat, our people cannot wash their hands, our people have no toilets, our people have no security. All these things are preventing what is being taken for granted in other countries. In other countries, you can say closed down because people have food in their houses. Here we can't. So in responding to corona, I think we need a broader view, a broader view about how broken our country is, how unequal it is, how badly we treat those who, who are actually the majority in the country, in terms of service provision. Very, very quickly, uh, Rora, the, uh, the the poor we are talking about uh, in the in the in the urban in the urban areas, and uh, the the poor in the in the rural areas, uh, are they all in the same boat, or there is a, a difference? Uh, what do you think about that? I think there's a difference. I think that rural poverty is more dignified than urban poverty. Okay. Because rural poverty, they tend to be able to eat. So they might not have soap, they might not have some of these And then also the thing with rural poverty is that I think it lacks the anger of urban poverty. In, in rural poverty, there's this, the people tend to be equal, especially I'm thinking about rural, rural, not rural Mufika and rural uh, Choma, that's not rural. I'm thinking about when you get out of the, of, out of the districts and go deep into the uh, rural areas, in the villages. In the villages, people mm. tend to be equal. So you don't have this anger that you, that you have if you live in Kalingalinga and you can throw a stone and hit a household that is 50, 100 times better off than you. So the, people, the, urban, the urban poor see how the rest of us live. They see, they see the most, they see the shiny things, they see the light. They see the fact that the, 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 the areas are being shaded uh, less, they, they are getting water. That's one difference. But also, in the rural areas, if they've had a good year, a good farming year, they'll be able to eat. Okay? And so their clothes might be rugged, but it's not as bad as here. In, 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 in the urban areas, poverty 
is such that someone has nowhere to get sold. They don't have a patch of land to grow, rape, or maize. So urban poverty is very undignified, and I think it tends to have a higher level of anger than rural poverty. Okay. Uh, we, we, we are running out of time, and I'm sure a lot of uh, guys mm. here want, would like to say hello, uh, Lola. Um, in, a, in, a, in a very small way, um, I, I don't know, with your organization, uh, there is uh, uh, something uh, you, you, you are doing. Can you tell us uh, about that? Uh, well, um, I've been thinking about the, the issues we were talking about, about how, how will the very, very poor, I mean, the really indigent, the, the food indigent, will be able to survive if we close down. And so I've been trying to uh, collect some resources and just buy food, you know, like carpenter, soya pieces, which to give out. You know, I mean, what I prefer is a soup kitchen. I've always wanted to open a soup kitchen where the very poor, I say children, can come in and get a meal for free. Because I think that if you can get just one meal per day, if you have human beings or human rape, you reduce crime, you reduce a lot of other things. But anyway, for now, we're trying to collect, and, and someone uh, kindly donated an amount of money, 10,000 kwacha really. Uh, it's, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's a very limited amount of money because you can only reach a few. But what we've done with that amount of money is just buy carpenter, soya pieces, and millimeter. And when they work, hits will find a way to, to give uh, the poorest. It's it's a, it's a lotto. It's like a, it's a lottery. You know, like it's, it's a yeah. really really small amount in a in a sea of need. But ten, fifteen, twenty families can survive for can a have something to eat. And I'm hoping that maybe mm-hmm. exactly. I'm hoping that uh, maybe get more people to contribute because. Um, it does give me sleepless nights. What what happens say, every day? Uh, Lola, say it this way. I'll, I'll help you say it properly. Say it. This way. I'm hoping uh, you guys in the diaspora can buy ten bags of 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 of, of, of mealy meal. Say it like that. Like that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, all right, Roger. I'm hoping like that the it. diaspora can help. <laughs> Can, can, can help us, can help me just distribute. I can find the people. I can do that. But the, 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 the resources are very limited. And I'm hoping that this can go on beyond corona. It's yeah. always been a problem. It's always bothered me, the fact that people in Zambia can't eat. So if you can, if you yeah. can guarantee yeah. people a meal, just families, then they'll be able to at least have a little bit more dignity. Mm-hmm. A bag of cornmeal in Zambia, ladies and gentlemen, those who listen to us uh, online and uh, live here, is about ten dollars uh, US. Ten dollars, you buy a twenty-five kg of uh, uh, so pledge uh, to buy Laura Mamiti helper raise buy two bags of minimal, buy three bags of minimal. Uh, I'm buying four, uh, five uh, bags of minimal. Can you say something about that? <laughs> Yeah, Roger. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. Well, well, okay, 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 uh, so you hear people give you some bags of meal meal. Why don't I start with my sister? Kotuda. Say hello to Rora Miti here. Hello, Kotuda. Are you there? Hey, good morning, Miss Laura. Is it good afternoon? Good morning. Good afternoon, Fabia. Good afternoon. I am so proud of the work that you do. You keep me motivated and inspired. 
Oh, thank you. Okay. She wants a bag of Minimi. Uh, mm. uh, 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 oh, so she wants a bag of Minimi. Okay, I think I'll go with four bags. Oh, yay! That's four hey, bags. Yay, That's eight already. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Uh, Georgia, can yeah. I just say something? Can I, can I, can I say yeah, something? Go ahead. I can, go ahead. I, can guarantee, I can guarantee you one thing, that any contribution made to me, to, to, to my group of friends, those of us, that every last penny and every motel of food will reach its intended purpose. So that I can assure you. So if you send a bag of milk, it will reach its intended purpose. So that's a Okay, purpose. okay. Ch- chairman uh, Nathan is here. He's a chairman for ZBTR. Well, how, how many bags of milk ZBTR are sending to Laura Uh Nathan, let's put him on the, Hi, on the spot right here. Hi, Laura. <laughs> okay, before I, te- before, before I say the number of bags of Billy Mill, there's something that has been bothering me. I'm thinking about that person in Kamwala Market, Malela Market, Chisokone, Soweto, Nakambala Market. I, you see, for me, this thing just took me to the market, okay? So, you're talking uh-huh. about, can we really afford to close these markets before I tell you the bags of Billy Mill? No, we can't. But because I was saying earlier on that if we close townships, maybe areas, and within the markets try and teach the people as much as possible if, to to stay away from each other. I don't know how we do it. I don't know how we do it without a safety net. You see, and that's the problem mm-hmm. in our country. We don't have that safety net. So, but still, we we have to find. A middle ground. You can't just say let them continue the way the way it is now, where you find people, you know, squeezing each other and stuff. Again, that is very dangerous. So uh, if the, the, the virus hits Nakambala or Soweto or Mtendere market, we are in trouble. Yeah, that's my worry. Okay, Zambia Block Talk Radio will send you how many bags? <laughs> Let's do 10. Oh, Roramit. Can you hear that? Wow. <laughs> 10 bucks so from uh, Zambia Plus Talk Radio. Yes. Wow. Thank you yes. so much, guys. Thank Hello. you so much. Yeah. yeah. Roger. Yeah. Hi. We show back at our yeah, Talk to me, talk to me, Kelvin. Talk to me. <laughs> I'm having problems. People I want like to kill me. I want to donate so much. Let me become like Trump. People want to bring yeah, in so much It's crazy. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, Laura. Good afternoon. This is Kelvin. Um, so I'm, I'm going to make Kelvin. a pledge. Yes, I'm going to make a pledge. Uh-huh. Uh, it doesn't have to go to millimill or anything, but the the point I want to make is don't make this political. Uh, you're doing a great job. Uh, you're you're a humanitarian of uh, great uh, proportions. And to that end, uh, I, I will need to get uh, your your details, like your your name on your NRC. So I'm gonna send you a hundred dollars. That's my pledge. Hundred dollars from uh, okay. uh, from Kelvin. Hundred dollars. Yes, yes. Thank you very Let's much. Go. Come, 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 come on, my, 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 my good friend. Roger. <laughs> Don't worry about the NRC. I let the mafia buy you out to the meet. What's wrong with you with this one? <laughs> Thank you very much. And um, <laughs> yes. I'll go ahead, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
No, I was going to ask Kelvin about uh, making it political. I, I actually don't understand what making something political is. I, I, I've always wanted to have a discussion about it. I don't, I don't understand that. But what I'm, what I'm going to say is uh, my uh, the charity work that I do, I, I do every year, and uh, it has absolutely, yeah, it's just people. Just that's that's that's, that's more to the person. She wears no hat. Yeah, yeah. I like that. That's never, people. Never, 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 never. Yeah, you know, the way coronavirus yeah, is, it's never, never about people. <laughs> it doesn't care if you're president, yeah, if you're princess, yeah. if you're a woo. Coronavirus is here for everybody. But thanks for $100 from, uh, yeah. uh, from Kelvin. <laughs> Musala, say hello to yeah. Laura. Okay. I'm calling you, Laura. I'll be calling you after the show. I'll get your information from Roger so we can consummate it. Okay, sure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Musala, I'm Hi. waiting for you to say hello to Laura Mitty. Hi Laura Mitty. <laughs> Hi. Is this Laura from the email no, no, why days? Are bu- why are you bullying? Why are you bullying people? I'm not bullying anyone. I was just saying we show what we can do. We can't do anything. 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 We Go ahead. I'm now. You say? Okay. I I found that when I went to Zambia, it was more expensive to buy carpenter than to buy chicken now. <laughs> yes, it's just that <laughs> the problem with chicken is you need a fridge. Okay. Okay. So, so, so in in kwacha mane two pin ya kapenta. Two pin? Yeah, oh, in a tablet, two pin ya kapenta. Awe na totela sana mkwai. Yeah. We are stepping up, well, gentlemen and ladies here, the way we are seeing America step up for their people. The nurses, those who have no idea about medicine, they are stepping up. This is what we want to do. For our Roger, real quick, can we have somebody document who's pledging what, please? Oh, I'm writing here. Don't worry about that. I'm writing. <laughs> okay, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, good afternoon. I'm going to good evening, uh, Laura. I uh, commend you for the work good that evening. you're doing. Yeah, I commend you for the work that you're doing. Um, uh, keep it up, and more and more people need to step up in the diaspora. And thank you for the opportunity to, uh, to enable us to do so. So we'll, we'll do four bags of mini meal. I was really darling trying to wait for the my boss to come, but uh, she's not yet here. So I don't know what else she'll say, but at least four bags. Four bags are coming. Thank okay, you so brother, much. Brother Charlie there, yeah. Big B in Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> say hello to Rona. That's all you need to say. You don't need to say anything else. Laura, how are you? Pleasure to find you. Yeah, but after you say hello, hello to her, you know what, what else to say. <laughs> uh, let me reach let me reach out to you and I mean I know it's a place, but pleasure to speak to you, man. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. Yeah. So who else uh, uh, is here? I want to say hello to Laura Mitty, but uh, 
it's quite uh, costly when you say hello to her, but you have to say hello. Don't, don't worry about that. And um, um, uh, the show should be, be handed over. Oh, the owners are not yet here. So people can still say, say hello. Yeah. Oh, where, where, where is she? Where is Namunji here? We are your point. Oh, she's Namunji. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Hi, Laura. Say hello you? to your sister here. <laughs> Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm well fed. How are you? Good job you are doing. I think I'll, I'll donate two pins for Carpenter, too. Two, two thousand five. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. I'll, I'll, I'll give it to Kevin as, so that he, he can send it together with him. All right. Thank you so much. This is why uh, the diaspora we are so, so, so. Okay, now let's uh, Dr. Patrick, you want to say hello to Kelvin, to Rona Miki here? That's why, Dr. Patrick. Say, why can to to Rona Miki, Dr. Patrick? <laughs> He's away from his phone. Okay, okay, that, that's okay. Uh, so we've, we've, Rock, and, and, and those have not mentioned Vakalonde. You want to say hello to Ronamiti here? I'll say hello to everybody. Laura Miti, how are you? <laughs> I'm very well, thank you. Uh, I'm very well, thank you. I've been a couple of activities. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So we've, 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 we've done well. I don't know what I, I, I did. But uh, I'll, I'll do a, a, a small list and uh, I'll share with those there who have uh, are committed. This is what we are up, we are up to. Uh, because what I was thinking, someone has told me to shut up, but I can't, my sister. I really can't. Um, I count ourselves, like Rora Mitu was uh, saying, when we look at those who are, who are poor in, in Zambia, uh, the next, the people who can help them, number one is government, which we know has very few resources. And number two, probably if the middle class in Zambia can step up. And number three, I put ourselves there. We, the members of the, uh, the diaspora, we are very, very critical. We can do this. So those who have not played, don't think you are off the hook. I'm still going to call you. Eh? Nyambe. Oh, sorry, Nyambe. You wanted to say hello to Laura Miti? Okay. So those who, who haven't, uh, we, we may not and call others who are not on the call. Uh, they want to be part of this, uh, to, to bless uh, our people back home. This is wonderful. This will make uh, a lot of us feel, uh, 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 you know, this thing had done something. Oh, my nowhere has, uh, has dropped. I don't know why I haven't caught him today. I'm, I'm so sorry. So let me tell you, last way to tell your buddies here in diaspora. Thank you. Really, really happy. You have no idea. Oh, yes, come. Uh, hold on, hold on. Oh, I am. So, sorry. Uh, my brother, Noel, I apologize. I, I don't know why. You... You are the general manager here. I say hi to our dear sister here, Olamiti. Good, good, good afternoon, Olamiti. Good afternoon. How are you doing? 
I'm good, thanks. How are you? So uh, I just I, I just wanted to say um, I, I'm really proud of you, and I really appreciate the work that you that you're doing back home, and I really appreciate even more your voice for speaking out about things that are, are not right that are supposed to be right. I really appreciate that. So thank you very much. And uh, okay. uh, uh, from 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 my house from my household, we'll do five bags from Milano. Five bags from no brother Noel. Thank you. Five bags. Yes. Five biggies. Thank you very much. You so we'll reach, we'll reach quite a number. Uh, probably we'll see if we, we can push uh, others. Uh, this drive will continue, uh, brother Noel. Uh, Kelvin here. Let's continue this drive. Uh, ask other people. Oh, guys, we are doing this uh, collection. Uh, COVID, is it COVID? Uh, coronavirus uh, in Zambia. Let's think of uh, there's a term Laura Mitch was using uh, the poor in the village uh, dignified. Uh, so this is a real a big, big problem. Last week, Laura Mitch. Thank you so much. Hey, Roger. Hey, Roger. For those that, uh, thank for you. Those that are like back. Thank you very much for having me on your show, and thank you very much for the major. Someone was talking. Sorry, sorry, Someone was talking. Go ahead. Yes, that, that, that was me. For those that are playing bad, uh, please be cognizant of the exchange rate. Okay. Don't think it's ten dollars. Tell me that about eighteen. Those we can, I'm sure, those we can iron out. But uh, th- thanks, everyone, uh, for stepping up uh, in a huge way uh, like this. Uh, really proud of you guys. Last word, Nombapani, last, last. Last word, Roramit. Okay, now, Tokela Sada, thank you very much. I can assure you that uh, people's lives will be almost just about saved, and we will make sure... All that you play to get to them, and I'm really, really excited. So, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You are welcome. You are welcome. Well, thank you so much. Uh, that was uh, Romiti from Lusaka, Zambia, uh, talking about uh, our forgotten uh, people. So, coming up, our medical team, uh, uh, led by uh, Yareka, will be um, uh, leading the next phase of our discussion, the roundtable uh, uh, disc- discussion. Uh, uh, we have Dr. Valerie Manda, Dr. John Msonda, Dr. Joyce Msonda, Dr. Masozi Muwowo, uh, our own Dr. Kajira. So uh, it's a packed, 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 packed show. And uh, I want to look for um, Yareka. Where is the Yareka here? I'm going to look for her. Um, okay. Nathan, go, go ahead. Uh, say something. Let me ask Yareka which number she is uh, using. She is. I opened her mic. Oh, you did? Okay. Hey. Yeah, my man. Uri, Uri, Uri. Good morning. Afternoon. Waprika. Anakazi, uh, you will not believe how many bags of milimil we have raised here for our um, our people, uh, vulnerable people in, in Zambia. Bags of milimil, no, uh, carpenter, stuff like that. We we are very 
proud of it. But take it, take it over. Well, Roger. Laura Roger. is an amazing, is an amazing person. Uh, when, we lo- when we launched an event in Zambia many years ago, she was the first guest to arrive to support us. Uh, for Anakazi, so uh, I know how... Yes, so Anakazi, Anakazi better be doing something, can't she? You better be doing something. Oh, we love that. We We love that. Pick it up, my sister. Pick it up. Sure. Um, So we will be transitioning over to a discussion with a team of doctors, specialists from the Global Alliance of Zambian Healthcare Professionals. Uh, This is a new organization that was launched recently, Again, this is out of discussion on this very platform, Zambia Block Talk Radio. Uh, and so a team of doctors have come together, a team of nurses and just other healthcare professionals just to see how they can support the work back home. So Global Alliance of Zambian Healthcare Professionals was founded to mobilize, organize, and direct the resources of Zambian healthcare specialists, generalists, researchers, administrators globally, and towards the building of a multidisciplinary state-of-the-art uh, health facility in Zambia that will provide affordable comprehensive care. And we aspire to bridge gaps in the health sector by facilitating the temporary and permanent return of Zambian health uh, professionals from the diaspora to Zambia through coordinated forums, targeted projects, and structures that serve care. Okay, sorry uh, for that. Uh, see you on the phone. Sorry, uh, Ms. Yareka. You are on the so phone, and uh, you have your computer on. Uh, that will create problems. Uh, go ahead, uh, Amagaz. So, so in a nutshell, this is just uh, a group of Zambian uh, healthcare professionals that are very passionate about doing something back home. A lot of us try to, you know, start projects individually, and most of the times we get frustrated. So the goal of this team is to find ways that they can leverage all these different skills and provide care that is a specialist care in Zambia. So uh, I'm waiting to see if Dr. Kajila is on. Is he on, Raja? Can you check? He was. Uh, he's dropped. He's dropped. Okay. Uh, Dr. Mponda, I believe, is on. Um, uh, all the mics are open. So if there is, uh, we have Dr. Mponda here, please. Um, uh, say hello to our host, Yareka Muhango. Dr. Musonda, are you there? Not yet. So Dr. Musonda is here. Uh, Dr. Kashira is here now. Okay. Dr. Kashira, good yes, morning. Yes, yes. Good morning, Roger. How are you? No, we are here, Munsho. We are here. We are here. Uh, Ms. Yareka was uh, looking for you. So we said, let's find him. Yes. Yeah. Good morning, Dr. Kajila. How are you? Oh, again, he has dropped. So he's uh, having issues with his uh, phone, I'm sure. He's probably looking at, uh, uh, was probably at work or something before. But uh, before he comes on, I just wanted to give a little, uh, a few statistics. As we know, everybody's tracking this information. It's available on our phones, Facebook, everywhere. Uh, and we, uh, right now, coronavirus cases are up to 621,000 worldwide, um, and deaths are 28,000, and those that have recovered are 137,000. Um, active patients or active cases are 4,500, and uh, uh, active cases are 455,000. Close cases are 166,000. As we know, I think the death rate right now is about maybe five, five to six percent. Um, 
globally. Uh, and then we know that now the U.S. has taken over uh, as the epicenter of, of the crisis with over 100,000 cases. Italy has over 86,000 cases, China 81,000, so, uh, and so forth. Uh, everybody, again, has access to this information. Uh, Zambia, we know, I think as of yesterday, it was 22 cases. I'm, sh- I'm not sure how many we have right now. So it is spreading. There's been so many interventions from different countries, and I think uh, most countries are just using best practices from all over the world and, and creating their own. And I think as Zambians, we're interested in learning what we can do to support whatever the government is doing in Zambia. Um, is Dr. Hila Kajila back? Okay, should be should be back. Um, yeah. All right. So we have another number from the UK, and Dr. Kajila is on. Um, yeah, and we have the UK number as well. Welcome back, Dr. Kajila. Good morning. Good afternoon. Thank you. I don't know why it's dropping. It just dropped. Yeah, I know. Start some some phones. Eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So if it drops again, I'll, I'll connect you via my, my, my phone. I'll, I'll call you. I'll connect you via my phone. Thank you. Thanks. That would be great. Yeah. So on the phone, All the phones are from Kasimpa, but the other Kasimpa phones could be a little bit advanced. <laughs> you never know. Right. Exactly. So on the, pa- on the panel today, we have Dr. Kajila, uh, who is going to moderate the discussion. Uh, he's an internal uh, medicine cardiologist uh, in Canada. Uh, we also have Dr. Valerie Manda uh, of Kantara. She's a microbiologist from South Africa. Dr. John Musonda, family medicine in South Africa. And Dr. Joyce Musonda, family medicine in South Africa. Dr. Masozi Mwowo. Uh, from Maryland, these are the, these are the people that have confirmed uh, participation today. I'm not sure if everybody's on. And then we also Dr. Catherine has called in. Dr. Catherine, welcome, Dr. Catherine. And yeah, we I'll... also have uh, Dr. Dr. Mkonka, who's a public health specialist and director uh, in Zambia. We were trying to connect him, but I just got his number a few minutes ago, so I'm not sure if he's able to call in or we can connect him. But uh, those are the confirmed uh, specialists and physicians. Uh, I'll pass it on to Dr. Kajila to continue the conversation. Thank you. Thank you so much, Yurek, and uh, welcome, everybody. Um, this is the first of its kind. Uh, this is, as uh, Yurek said, a collaboration between uh, Gaza and uh, Zambia Block Talk Radio. So we want to thank Zambia Block Talk Radio for giving us this opportunity to just um, gather virtually as uh, UNSA medical graduates who are now scattered around the globe to put our heads together, discuss this pandemic that's affecting all of us, and share experiences, share ideas, but more importantly, also find a way we can be useful to fighting this uh, scourge uh, back home, or at least helping our colleagues on the ground fighting it as we fight it uh, locally in our jurisdiction. So um, just just to say that uh, there are other physicians who are going to be on the panel, Dr. Ajit Isaac. Uh, he's based in Maryland. Um, he's uh, a graduate, uh, class of 78, retired now. Um, and uh, he holds an MTH from John Hopkins. 
But what's interesting with Dr. Isaac is that he was deputy director of the Office of Preparedness and Response at state level. And so he comes with immense experience when it comes to this sort of thing. And uh, also wanted to introduce Dr. Catherine Mueva. She's a psychiatrist in Manchester, UK. We thought this pandemic would definitely have a psychiatric um, toll on our people, either medical workers or, you know, or patients or, or people ourselves, the community, you know, in terms of uh, all the lockdowns going on. So I wanted, uh, we wanted our perspective as a psychiatrist. We also have, as Yareka uh, said, Dr. Masozi Muol, an anesthetist, uh, anesthetist based in Maryland. Um, Masozi is, um, we're trained in Boston. Uh, why we thought an anesthetist is important is because there's a lot of talk about ventilation in these patients. It's one of the key components of management. And so we, we needed somebody with that expertise. And, uh, uh, and as far as Dr. Manda is concerned, uh, she fought Ebola. She actually traveled to Liberia and was in the front line, on the front lines fighting. She's a public health consultant, microbiologist. So we'll also uh, uh, appreciate her input. So I, I just want to do a roll, uh, roll call right now so we know who's online. And I'm hoping at the end of it we'll give a chance for the public to uh, ask questions and, and go from there. So just a quick roll call. Who's online right now? Okay. So you have uh, Dr. Catherine Mueva in, um, in the U.K. Dr. Catherine Mueva, hello. Yeah. Hello, Dr. Mueva. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Yes, wonderful, you wonderful. And, and then we also have a number from South Africa. South Africa, good, uh, good evening to you there. Yes, good evening. Dr. Msonda here. Dr. Msonda, yes. Uh, those are the two. And then we have a 410 number. I don't know if this is... Uh, uh, part of your, your team. 410, last year, four numbers, 8655. Yes, that's me, Dr. Isaac, from Maryland. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. So those are, are part of your, your, your team you have, Dr. Isaac. Yes. Welcome. Uh, go ahead, Dr. Kajira. Okay, so so right now we have uh, the four of us. Um, Hello. So we'll, we'll, we'll get the ball rolling. Hello? Can you? Yeah, this okay, is, we have uh, another hello. Uh, please uh, go ahead. Who is uh, hello? This is Dr. Muo calling from Maryland. Oh, Dr. Dr. Muo. Uh, okay. Uh, okay, we'll uh, find your, your number. What is your number, Dr. Muo? Um, uh, the last four numbers. Last four numbers of uh, seven. Okay, we've seen it. Okay, we, we have it. Okay. So, Dr. Muo is there as well, Dr. Kajira. Thank you. So I, I suppose at this point these are the people on. Uh, if uh, Val calls in, you can just interrupt me. And uh, really, gentlemen and ladies, um, this is supposed to be a sort of roundtable discussion, interactive. Uh, we're going to touch quite a few uh, points about this pandemic. And I'm hopeful that at the end of it we'll be able to answer some questions from the public and also to try to put our heads together to think of how Gaza can be useful in helping uh, folk back home 
um, uh, deal with this pandemic. I was hoping Dr. Mkonka would be present too. Okay, so if you have your phone and your computer on, it will be giving us uh, feedback, so we are going to have a problem. Uh, please uh, mute your phone if you want to listen to the computer uh, as well. Uh, go ahead, Dr. Kajia. Sorry for that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, so I was hoping Dr. Mukonka would be here. He's the head of the public health team that's leading the fight of the scourge in Zambia. So it would have been nice to have him and so that he can tell us what's happening on the ground and what preparedness has been put in, in uh, effect, because we don't want to speculate. We want to know what, what's going on. So I was really delighted to know that he might be coming. Uh, but when he does, well, he is uh, he's available, but we just need to connect him. Uh, we got his okay. phone number, so I'm trying to figure okay. out how how to, to reach him. So, uh, so you can continue trying to reach him, and uh, just um, pause. Uh, ask me to pause when when he comes on. Thank you. So, um, so this uh, COVID-19 pandemic, um, how is it different from? The other pandemics that we've had, um, we we had the H1N1 uh, of 1918, and we've had others like MERS, SARS, Ebola, and even Zika, which is different. But they're all viral epidemics and pandemics. Uh, so how is the coronavirus different from the others? And uh, this question I'll ask Dr. Isaac as a public health specialist and uh, somebody who is familiar with it. Could you make a comment on how you see this virus very different? Okay, the response will not be any different, actually. In fact, in the U.S., the CDC had actually asked every state to plan for an upcoming pandemic based on the 1918 scenario. So the response would not be much different. Uh, but in terms of the virus characteristics, how does this compare? So can we say that uh, the closest comparison of this uh, virus is the 1918 uh, compared to the others? And in what ways are they similar? Dr. Isaac? Yeah, I'm here. Sorry, I'm, I'm here. Yeah, this is what they call a novel virus. It has not been there before, so it's new. We don't have a immunity in the population. Not very much different than the 1918 as well. That's why in 1918 also there was a lot of loss of life. Mm-hmm. We can learn a lot looking at the 1918 scenario and use bring it in here. Good. But, but one would also say there's a few characteristic differences in 1918, the kind of trouble that we've experienced now, is, it wasn't there before. We have more globalization, more air travel, more connectivity between the different parts of the world. So probably that even poses a bigger threat because of the type of spread that's been so rapid. So I'm sure that, how about in terms of mortality, uh, the 1918 H1N1 pandemic, what, what was the mortality? Do you remember? Sorry, I can't call it, uh, recall it. Mm. 
And uh, and the present one, uh, the mortality is sort of in the uh, 1% range. Um, uh, initially, they were giving us the number of uh, 2.4%, but as the numbers are ramping up, um, the, the Dr. Fauci uh, gave around uh, 1% mortality. Uh, hello? Is anybody yeah. on? It varies from country to country based on the infrastructure of the health. Okay, good. So and, and also, if, yes, can you say, anyone can step in any time. Yeah, can I add something that uh, uh, we, we learned uh, recently yes. from our association in terms of yes, the, the, the pathophysiology of this uh, uh, new coronavirus. Like you said, it's, it's one of these uh, coronaviruses which uh, have been around for a while. The last attack was at SARS in 2004, I think. But the difference with this is that the spike proteins uh, that are on this virus, which actually uh, attack to a receptor that's very common in the lungs and other mucous membranes on the body. And therefore, mm-hmm. it, that's why it presents with this uh, florid uh, uh, attack on the lungs, people getting respiratory failure. And uh, apparently this spike protein, if you look at the pictures that they show on electron microscope, this, this spike is coming out. This change a lot and make it very easy to transmit between people so that uh, you can touch your nose or your face and it quickly attaches to your mucosa in the mouth or the nose. And, and you're talking about that similarity. They told us that there's an 80% genome similarity with SARS and a 50% genome similarity with MERS. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's the only thing I can contribute. But good point, good point. Because why, why if we are compar- comparing the various coronaviruses and, of course, the H1N1 is that when it comes to looking for therapies for these viruses, some of the therapies that are being taunted as uh, potential uh, therapies like uh, hydroxychloroquine and chloroquine, uh, it's because of some observations or anecdotes that came out of the SARS virus and some of the small studies that they were looking at, uh, trying to find a, a drug that works. And uh, incidentally, they found that it worked in SARS so they're trying to impute it that it, it might work in COVID-19. So, so there, those similarities can be very important in, uh, going forward. We will talk about the, the therapies that are either there or not there currently, and uh, to try and dispel some of the, the misinformation that's going on. Uh, in fact, there's a new term that's been coined called infodemia, the infodemia that's going on online. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's a real problem to the point that the Canadian government has poured in $52 million. Uh, they've given a group of uh, social scientists and uh, others at uh, Ryerson University to find ways to try and fight the infodemia going on so that we only have to encourage people to listen to authorities uh, on this uh, pandemic. But that's interesting. Um, any comments from any of the panel members? I'll bring in Dr. Musonda. Um, Dr. Musonda, 
How are you uh, finding the virus uh, in South Africa in terms of how it's spreading? What are the clusters that are beginning to emerge there? Yeah, no, thank you very much. Um, it's, it's, it's been a slow start uh, in that we initially we had very few cases, you know, uh, starting with the two. Then within a week or so, we had moved. In fact, we are, within a week or so, we had moved to around 1,000. We are over 1,000 now, 1,027 last reported. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, in terms of uh, the spread, we, we are targeting, uh, the testing itself is uh, targeting people with symptoms. So we really don't mm-hmm. know the extent of the problem mm-hmm. because we can only have, uh, manage to test people with symptoms. And uh, in terms of testing, 20% of the tests are done in public sector and 80% in private sector of all these reported results. You know, mm-hmm. with, a, with, a, with a test backlog of uh, between five and 10,000, that's the backlog that we have. So we really don't know the, the picture very well. But mm. what we do believe is that apart from those who are having symptoms, we are also those seeing those who are not symptomatic, who are going to be tested, who are testing in the private sector and who are turning out positive. So mm. the, pic- the, the picture is a mixed masala. It's not yet clear. Good. And that That's poses a big of challenge to, to public health. Yes, yes. And I think uh, while we're on this issue of the slow emergence of the virus in Africa, uh, uh, Dr. Mkonka, as well as joined us from Zambia. Doc, Professor Mkonka, how are you? I'm back. Wow, it's such a pleasure to have you join us on this discussion. Indeed, thank you. I'm in the field, but I've uh, managed to connect through my mobile phone. Excellent, excellent. Dr. Mukonka, while we have you on the line, can you just introduce yourself to our panel here uh, in terms of what, who you are and what you're doing there in Zambia? Okay, my name is Victor Mukonka. I am Professor of Public Health. So I am the dean in our medical school here in Zambia, but also the director for the Zambia National Public Health Institute. Basically, this is a government wing responsible for our health security. So it's the equivalent Excellent. of uh, America CDC or Public Health England or China CDC. But I'm also the focal person, the coordinator for the Africa CDC responsible for the Southern Africa region, the Sadiq. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Victor. In fact, uh, Victor was two years ahead of me, was same class with Dr. Musonda and uh, Dr. Joyce and Dr. John Musonda. So we are all very related, very, uh, we know each other pretty good. So it's a pleasure to have Victor. And I think since Victor is a busy gentleman there working hard, uh, we, I think I'll focus on uh, asking him a few questions so that uh, we can at least have an idea 
but what's going on in Zambia so that uh, as we continue discussing this, we can put things into perspective. So, Victor, seeing what's happening around uh, the world, um, how do you feel Zambia, uh, how's the preparedness back home there in Zambia? How are you finding uh, things? Do you think you have things on, on, on top? Or are you on top of things? or um, How are you doing? Okay, basically in Zambia we have, first I must say that we have some cases. As of today we have uh, 28 laboratory confirmed cases. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, the test was from uh, Europe and then which had traveled to Pakistan for yes. so right now we have also a bit of the local transmission so we had the imported cases and then we got now a local transmission taking place our approach basically is on the five key pillars so our approach is strengthening in terms of surveillance particularly for to help and screening, quarantining, and follow-through. The second strategy we're using, of course, is strengthening our laboratory capacity, being able to diagnose. And then the third is uh, the case management. So we have identified centers where we are managing the cases and the training teams who are managing. The fourth strategy we are using is, of course, infection prevention, uh, which mm-hmm. links up to the activities in the community. Yeah. And the last one is the issue of risk communication, public sensitization. So all these five, we are pushing them to scale in terms of implementation. In terms of the infection okay. itself, basically, it's the two things we are looking at, importing limiting importation of the cases into the country. Yes. And the second is also limiting or stopping the spread within the country. Okay. Now, just on the point, I'll, I'll, I'll have you pause there, and I'll ask my colleagues if they have any questions to ask. Um, regarding social distancing, there's a lot of talk and emphasis on social distancing as a, as a key component. Um, but when we look at uh, our Africa in general, especially Zambia, since we're focused on that, there are certain high-density areas like the uh, urban uh, settlements or compounds. Uh, that would be a big challenge, wouldn't it, to try and enforce uh, that kind of strategy. So have you designed any ideas, any sort of any other ideas that we can do to try and get the same effect. Okay, I think for us, our approach, uh, looking at the environment, we are taking intervention which can mm-hmm. work in the low-cost areas and in the high-cost areas. Okay. Uh, understanding Zambia, of course, you know that uh, the, the key first is the personal hygiene for us to put in front. So ensuring yes. that people have access to clean, safe water and they mm-hmm. wash their hands regularly to reduce that level of contamination. 
Mm-hmm. Linked to that, we have seen that the difficulties and challenges. We will have, if you talk about uh, the contact, limiting the... So what we have said is let's target the public gathering and minimize and get people stay more at home. So one of the issues we engage is the religious leaders. So with respect yes. from Thursday now, all the prayers will be held in the respective homes which shall use technology. So there will okay. be no church gatherings. The second is uh, we did it from yesterday midnight. All the bars in Zambia for the first time, they are closed, shut down. So there are no people gathering in places. Uh, if they want to drink, yeah. they must drink in their homes. Yeah. Then the, the third, of course, is the issue of funerals, weddings, all those have been put aside now. And then in the market, yes, we have said let's reduce the congestion. So we put committees responsible first for cleaning up, and secondly, yeah. we advise the public instead of going as a family for shopping, we just send one person. And also yeah. the hour, the time. So just go and buy the things and move out. And then we have okay. got a bit of support to ensure science. So we will use the forces around, be the police, the local authorities, and so on, to ensure, ensure people adhere to that. And then we are looking at uh, the issue of essential workers, essential services. So that probably could have a number of people working in their homes. So we're thinking that the oh, more people yeah. stay in their homes, we reduce on crowding. That way it will help us uh, in terms of uh, reducing the transmission. So okay. The strategy so, Victor, I have, I have and, a question. And, uh, what, what are you, I have a question, uh, Professor Nkonka. What, what are you doing to decongest the market and the, and the, and the buses? Because that's where most of the population also, uh, um, you know, that's where we have a lot of uh, mass uh, population. How do we how do we teach the people in the market? How do we uh, teach them uh, uh, social distancing in a way that they understand? Could you somebody who got that question and said that is very thing? Yeah, she she's saying uh, in the market and uh, in the minibuses where there's a lot of crowding. What? How are we trying to sensitize the people to actually follow uh, social distancing? Okay, the practicality of social distancing. You know how difficult it is. So the mm. best way you can do it is just to stop people in terms of overcrowding. So the market, what we are doing is to work with the associations in the market. We are using our experience during the last cholera outbreak we did. So we have engaged their associations for the market, the same for street vendors, the same for, for the public transport, the transporters. So in, in the the discussion and the training them. So these are the agents who are using for the implementation of the, the intervention. But you know that it's extremely difficult. Again, you can't 
sold the market because that's the source where people get food. So we mm. are just encouraging that people don't spend too much time there and they don't go in big numbers. Uh, like you are going shopping, you go the whole family. You take one person, that goes. Okay. Any any other question, uh, gentlemen, ladies? Feel free to ask uh, or make a comment. Yeah. No. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Here. Yes. Yeah. Uh, welcome, professor. Thank you. Yeah. My my question is around. My concern is around. I'm I'm actually very impressed with the progress that you are making in Zambia. The, inter the interventions seem very positive. I want to ask around the testing, which is a challenge across the world. How are you strengthening the, you are saying you want to capacitate testing. How many tests are you able to do in a day? Good question. Good question. Okay, okay. there is quite, quite a lot on the testing. You test so what afterwards. I think for, for us the key is we need people who are coming first year to know the status, what are the danger in spreading so that we confine or isolate them. So the yeah. testing right now is centrally. We are testing at UTH, you know that we have a very good uh, virology lab, which is the WHO Regional Reference Laboratory. And we have had sentinel sites for surveillance for, for influenza. So that, that's the one we're using. Then we also have another biotech level three laboratory in the crew of veterinary medicine. But in terms of the way forward, uh, we are looking at now expanding it to all the districts. Most of the districts, they have the gene experts, which we use you know, for the HIV. But I think for yes. what we understand now, some of the primers which have been developed in America will be able to use them. So once we do that, then we shall have a bigger capacity across the country to do the test and it will be shorter time. I, th I think the question, uh, Prof, is the availability of test kits. Because if we look at the South Korea example, uh, one of the reasons South Korea has done well in uh, at least limiting the spread was they uh, went very aggressive with testing. And the testing was not just confined to those with symptoms or those who were flying in from outside. They uh, tested uh, the, the, the potential clusters that uh, the person who had exposed, who was exposed to the virus was in contact with. And by so doing then they would identify where the clusters is, and then act on those clusters more aggressively. Uh, do you think that, uh, in other words, is, is the availability of testing uh, kits a problem? Because we're seeing that is a problem here in Canada, uh, that uh, we are sort of limiting how many we can test because we don't have enough test kits. How's your situation there? Yes, so I think that initially we didn't have the capacity for testing, so it was sent into South Africa. Then we got 100 tests initial and some the WHO. Now, okay. 20,000 tests. But you cannot run in one 
Uh, I'll ask some quick questions to individuals, the burning questions. Uh, Dr. Muyeva, how do you see um, the, uh, you know, during this pandemic, uh, the psychiatric illnesses, what's your comment on how, how this can be dealt with, the increase in psychiatric illnesses during this time? Um, uh, can you hear me? Just checking. Yes. Okay. So yes. obviously with the mass anxiety that's going on, people are worried about getting sick, you know, fearing about their death or loved one's death. People are worrying about money problems because some businesses are closing, people, staff are being laid off, and just the whole uncertainty of what's going to happen, the consequences of everything, is really challenging for a lot of people. And it's understandable to feel sad and stressed, even confused. Mm-hmm. And for some people, they might even um, develop depression or uh, full-blown anxiety disorders. The, the social isolation as well, you know, the social distancing, people are becoming more and more lonely. If you, if you have, are used to having contact, people coming around, it's really difficult. And the boredom, especially young people, I think sometimes we forget the young people. A lot of them have had their proms cancelled and, you know, exams postponed or cancelled and, and, and so on. So it's a lot, it's a huge um, emotional part, issue for people mm-hmm. around. And I've, and I've seen people contacting me more and more and coming to seek treatment because of, of that. And let's not forget about our workforce as well. You know, it was really nice people yes. like in the UK applauding for the, for the staff. Yes, the staff as well getting really stressed because the workload is huge and people seeing loss of life. I've seen several doctors crying on television because of what they're experiencing and mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. families as well being, uh, you know, separated because um, one who works in health is moving out or the family moving out so that they're not uh, affected. But in terms of the message to everyone is that we are not alone. No one is alone in this. We're all in it together. You know, anyone is being affected. Look at the prince, the prime minister, the, you know, the celebrities. Everyone is being affected. So in terms of the dealing with the anxiety itself, it's, we can't change what we cannot change, but we can control mm-hmm. what we can. And the message is very clear to keep safe. So attending to your own personal hygiene, I'll repeat again, the hand washing, social isolating, be careful about that. And where you have to isolate or look after yourself, make sure that we're eating, you know, properly, eating clean, sleeping enough. Because I know sometimes anxiety makes us lose sleep, but making sure we're getting plenty of fluids as well. And moving exercise helps give us those good hormones to feel better about ourselves. And I can't overemphasize the importance of connecting, you know, connecting with people and talking. We yes. can't connect physically because of what we have yes. to do. But there's yes. different ways in the social media and, um, you know, telephone calls, texting each other, emailing, but make that contact. Um, yes. One of my sons, not one of my sons, my only son, so he's also isolating at the university and he's having to learn new tunes on his guitar. So I encourage people to learn something new, something you haven't done before. Because yes. when you learn something new, yes. it makes us feel good as well. Yes. And giving, yes. giving, you know, people just give somebody a call that you don't normally call. When you give, you also feel good about yourself. But you're also yes. to benefit the other person who's receiving as well. And on social media, let's just be mindful as well to just be that extra kind. Because sometimes yes. the messages there are so unkind. But let's. Make and sure time. we yes. are right. 
The last thing Good. that I have to say as an addiction yes. specialist as well is that we should not use alcohol as a coping strategy. I'd much rather you pick up the phone and talk to somebody than get a glass of wine or have a stiff drink to, to cope with all the stress. And also mm-hmm. the drugs as well, you know, they, they don't help smoking and using drugs. It may not affect everyone, but people sometimes resort to that. If you have a problem yeah. with those things, definitely seek help. Um, and as we are going into social isolation, and I heard the professor say that the, bank, the, the, the bars were closed, some people, that's their only way of getting the alcohol. So if they have a problem, they might start going into withdrawal and just be mindful yeah. that there are services where you can go. You know, Chinama will see people who have alcohol or drug problems and, and seek help that way. Excellent. I think you've really done well, covered a lot of ground there. Um, now, we're running out of time. I think we're only allocated a, a, an hour. And it's very clear that this topic is so wide. We could delve into a lot of details. I think this is a, at least two to three session type of topic. But um, I hope we'll be given another opportunity to, to meet again. But before we sort of start to wind down, a couple of things that I wanted to raise. There's a lot of infodemia going on, misinformation. I want us to look at briefly at chloroquine and hydroxychloroquine because that's going around quite a lot. And um, so I'll, I'll leave it open. Maybe Dr. Isaac, uh, uh, you want to comment uh, on chloroquine, hydroxychloroquine? Um, how should people um, be dealing with this issue? Should they be self-medicating? Uh, should they, uh, there's an argument that, oh, because there's malaria, we are automatically immune because we've used chloroquine before. Any comment on hydroxychloroquine and chloroquine? Okay, I would Anyone? start the comment on that, and I would like to follow up on the previous uh, person who addressed on the mental health issue and give you some ideas how we could cope in Zambia with that. Okay, yes, chloroquine, sure. I mean, we were clearly told by the, I mean, Dr. Fuji, that it is a candidate being studied. It's not yet proven. So they are doing a study, and we still don't know the efficacy, how effective it is, because it should not be used as a treatment at the moment, because, number one, we don't know if it's effective. Two, you have read articles where people are overdosing. Three, we don't want to develop resistance, even for COVID-19, you know. Right, right. Good. I think that we have to wait for it and wait for a health professional to, or it should be reserved for the people who are in hospital. That, that would. But to go back on the mental health issue, I think you know this has. Yes. Doctor talk covered a lot of topic, but we, I think we 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 can have local coping mechanism. Number one is I was hoping to ask Dr. Professor Mukonga, have we brought the faith community of Zambia into the into the you know response for two reasons. One from the response in West Africa to Ebola, it was clearly seen that the public health messaging was better received from a pulpit than from the you know, healthcare mm. professional mm. from the ministry. That's a good point. Very good point, actually. So Dr. that, you know, we should bring them early on so that they would be giving our public messaging. Otherwise, you know, there's always a suspicion. Is this a, you know, for some other, you know, reason oh, they're bringing it? Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, true. because we have a strong the faith prof- community, you know, we can bring yeah, that prof- on. The second is it the helps prof- in mental health, as, as the previous person talked about. Because 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.